Good morning and happy Easter everybody. Welcome to our Easter morning service and thank you for joining us today as we celebrate the greatest event in the history of the world. So this morning we're going to be uh, talking about Resurrection Sunday and it's interesting because this is a very different looking Easter for everyone. Uh, I am at home and I'm talking to a screen but you are also at home and uh, you are watching a screen. But the good news is that uh, the message of the gospel, the message that we're reminded of so clearly during Easter is that we have a God of relationship. We have a God who connects with us. We have a God who is omnipresent. And whilst we are not gathering in a building and we are not together in a social setting and we're not able to see each other face to face, we are still together in spirit. And God is omnipresent, which means he is present with all of us at the same time. And that's because he is God. It's part of who he is. And that's a beautiful thing for us because we have a God who is intimate and a God who is spending time with us this morning. So it's a good thing to be able to come together and to just reflect and pause and celebrate the Easter message. And be reminded that we have a God of relationship, a God who through Jesus has uh, reconciled us and defeated sin and death, reconciled us back into relationship with God, and we get to live our lives, the abundant life that Jesus has promised us, and we get to live with him. So it's interesting uh, using the word relationship in times like these. I know that uh, we are using a lot of words like self-isolation or um, staying at home or social distance, but the Easter message has never been more relevant than what it is today. And that's the message of the fact that God can do anything amidst any situation. He's the God of the impossible. He's the God of resurrection power. Uh, nearly 2000 years ago, Jesus did exactly as he promised. He defeated death and he took authority from Satan and he's now King Jesus. And he's uh, one who has given us everything we need for this season. And so this morning I just have some things on my heart. I've been uh, praying for you a lot this week and reading all four accounts actually on uh, the Easter message. And you know, each disciple has their own, uh, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John have their own rendition or version of what happened on that Sunday morning thousands of years ago when the women arrived at the tomb and it was empty. Jesus, the body of Jesus, the dead body of Jesus that they had witnessed on Good Friday was no longer there. And that's really interesting because it's, we call it Good Friday now, but it wasn't a Good Friday back then. It wouldn't have been a good day at all for anyone who loved or knew Jesus. It probably was the disciples and the followers of Jesus' worst days of their life. Uh, from when Jesus was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane to when he was flogged and, you know, falsely tried and when he was humiliated and um, to the point where he got to the cross and was killed. That must have been so terrible and tragic. And the disciples, you know, they scatter. Uh, two of them make decisions they later regret. Uh, Judas taking that decision to end his life and Peter running away in shame after denying um, his friend, his, his Lord, his rabbi, three times. So the Easter message is one that's filled with pain and grief and death and the human condition. 
um, the things that we're facing even now in our daily lives, um, especially in 2020, as death seems to be a, uh, a topic that's talked about every few hours on the news, and it's something we're witnessing and something we're observing. But the good news of the gospel is that Jesus comes into our human experience. Uh, Jesus actually has given us a way through this and has overcome death. And we don't need to be afraid because God has made a way. And so the Easter message doesn't just um, go through the, the process of the pain, the death and the grief. It also brings us to life and resurrection and redemption and restoration and hope and all the fruits of the Spirit. So I want to um, actually read from the text using Luke's Gospel. I was looking at which one I wanted to use today, and there's a couple I might refer to, but Sunday morning, and we're going to start with uh, Luke 24, verses 1 to 8, and it begins on a Sunday morning. So we're going to bring a little context here. So the women have actually, on the Sabbath, the Saturday evening, they've gone and prepared some spices, and the plan was that they would wake up early on Sunday morning and they would go to Jesus's tomb and they would prepare his body um, in the burial process as was customary in the day. So this was the plan and the Gospels begin with telling the story saying that it was first thing in the morning when the women sent out. Some Gospels say that it was before sunrise, some say that it was uh, as it was still dark and um, what we know is it was definitely dawn. So all different versions are correct. They're all describing the first thing in the morning. So sometimes it's dark, there's a little bit of light, the sun is rising, but it still feels that fresh morning. So starting with verse one, uh, Luke chapter 24. But very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee that the Son of Man must be portrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and that he would rise again on the third day. Then they remembered that he had said this. As I was reading this text this week and just praying about which part I wanted to speak on, the line that particularly stood out to me was the part where the angel speaks to the terrified women who can't make sense of the situation. They've arrived with a plan and they had a plan and they had everything prepared and, and, and they were disrupted. Like they get there and there's no body, so they can't prepare the body. And they're confused and they're afraid. And it's human nature when things are already going bad, we usually assume they go from bad to worse. So it's not unusual for the women to look at the situation and whilst we are looking um, at the finished work of the cross, we're able to look and see, well, he's risen. He's alive. He's about to appear to you in a couple of texts later. But to these women, it went from bad to worse. And that's often how we operate in our human thinking. It's like if things are going bad, then a couple of steps later, they're going to go even worse as we walk out all the series of unfortunate events. But in this situation, and two angels appear 
and they speak to the women and they say, remember what he told you. Remember what he told you. And that's kind of where I want to hit on today is that I feel like we're in a season where that's exactly what God's doing. He's causing us to remember what he's told us. There's a lot of things we're observing. Um, the women that arrived at the tomb on Resurrection Sunday arrived and were observing things that were distressing to them. And they had been observing things, lots of death, lots of grief, lots of disappointment in those days leading up to that morning. But Jesus had risen. Jesus had done what he'd promised. And the angel addressed their fear by reminding them what God had spoken, by reminding them what God was like, by helping them see God's perspective. There's actually a difference between what we observe and perspective. Uh, what we observe can be we take in what's going on around us and we interpret things as we see them. But the very like dictionary definition of perspective is to look at something from three different angles. And God has a unique perspective on our situation. Uh, just like he did back at Resurrection Sunday, just like he does now, he has perspective for our lives that's different to what we think. And we get that perspective when we're reminded of what God is like and what he has spoken. And instead of filtering what we see through what's happening around us and interpreting that, we interpret what we see through the character and nature of God. We're not shaken. We're not disrupted in the sense of the, our foundations being shaken. These are terrible times. We're watching horrible things on the news. Um, our own routine and disappointment has been happening to us daily. You know, there's plans being cancelled. I have personally had, you know, two weeks of just a lot of cancellations on things I was looking forward to, things I've been planning for many years, actually. Uh, there's weddings that have been cancelled. There's birthday parties. Uh, some speaking engagements that I was really looking forward to are no longer happening. And I felt disappointment and pain over that and I feel like when I observe this I kind of feel a little bit maybe shallow or a little bit like well these are not very big problems to have when people are actually fighting for their lives in countries like Spain and Italy and now America and always as, as always China as well but as I think about this I think we're all dealing with our own pain in our own unique way and our plans have been disrupted just like the plans of the women who were going to take care of someone they loved and to treat a body according to the customary measures of the day. And they were interrupted. They were interrupted by resurrection power. And so in our lives, I feel like with all the disruption and the disappointment, the Easter message has never been more relevant, is that God is still at work and King Jesus is on the throne and we don't need to be distressed or terrified or shaken we actually can observe what's going on and we actually receive god's perspective through what he's spoken to us you know when you read um john's account of resurrection sunday it talks about mary you know that it says the women ran off to tell the disciples what the angels had said and mary comes back to the tomb and the tomb is still empty she still doesn't know where jesus is uh, nobody really believed her when she went and told the disciples what was happening. It says that they didn't really believe the women's account. But Mary's there and Jesus appears to her and she doesn't recognize him. In fact, the Bible says that she thinks he's the gardener. I think that's so funny, but I also think it makes sense. She's not expecting Jesus to be there because in her 
observation, Jesus is dead. She's witnessed his death. Even though she's witnessing his resurrection, it's not quite making sense yet. And so she talks to this gardener and she's like, please tell me where, they, where have they taken him? And she doesn't recognize Jesus, even though she spent time with him, she knew him, she'd been listening to that voice and she knew a lot about um, what he was saying and he'd even predicted his death and resurrection. But it wasn't until Jesus calls her by name that Mary recognizes him. And I love that the gardener, the person she's talking to, who's right in front of her, calls her by name and suddenly she recognizes him and it all makes sense. And I feel like when I was praying into this morning and when I was meditating a little bit on the text in Luke about remember what he told you and thinking about how Mary realized what was going on and had the revelation and recognized Jesus when he called her by name, I get the sense that God's doing something right now in the body of Christ and in Hunter Church specifically, where he's taking things from the head to the heart. There's things we know, there's things we've read about God, there's things we've been listening to for years. But the difference between knowing and believing is when things move from information, from what we know, what we read about God, to the heart, to what we experience, to what we witness, to what is personally being revealed to us. And the Easter story is about a God restoring relationship to mankind, a God who sees individuals, a God who calls people by name, and a God who has things on his heart that he wants to reveal to us as a church and in, as individuals. Uh, we are in a season of incredible change. But the Easter message was all about change. It was all about new. It was all about God doing something that people couldn't quite comprehend, but they were a part of it. And I believe in this particular time, in this time as COVID-19 is terrorizing the world, I believe that God is doing something. I don't believe God has started it, but I believe that God, in, he's the great redeemer and he's the one that turns things around for good. We're in a place right now where we have been broken out of our routines and we're, a lot of our distractions have been removed. You know, the things that we're used to doing has all changed. We're spending a lot more time at home. We're working from home. For some of us, that has been quite stressful. I know for me, I don't feel like life has slowed down just yet, but it's starting to as I'm getting used to the new rhythms. And there's been lots of changes, but God's still the same. And God remains the same. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the God that's with us. He's the Alpha and Omega. He's the wonderful counselor. He's got wisdom for this season and he's got resurrection power. We don't need to fear death and we don't need to be distressed about the things in our lives that have changed. Uh, there's not just physical death around us, there's the death of plans and the death of things that we're looking forward to. But I know, I know through the Easter message that where there's pain, Jesus brings new life. And that's the redemptive way that God works in our lives. So a couple of things that I wanted to just emphasize this morning is that for you personally, I don't know where you're at, I don't know what's going on in your life, but God wants to speak to you. God has things in his heart he wants to reveal to you. He's got something for you in this time. And I believe if we embrace this time well, and if we actually really understand what God is doing, that there will be deep rest for us. I think it's quite unusual in a good way that we are all being 
called into a Sabbath of some sort. Uh, in a sense that a lot of our plans have changed and a lot of the things, our calendars are not looking so full. And as we get used to this new kind of normal, it's the biblical rest is not passive. It's not lying on my couch all day. It's not just chilling out. Biblical rest is received by faith. And faith, by its very definition, is being in agreement with God. It's being in alignment with his heart. It's seeing things from his perspective. Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, is the one who leads us to believe the truth about who God is. And God has faith for us in this season. And he has something that he's doing in this season. And I think that if we really grasp a hold of it, it's going to provide rest for our souls. That we don't need to be shaken. We don't need to be disrupted. We don't need to be fearful. We have a sure foundation. The Easter message is all about good news that Jesus came off that cross. Nobody comes off a cross. And if anything, you know, in Roman times, we need to understand that what the disciples witnessed in their era, in their age, was uh, not just the death of a person. The Romans did not use the cross as a means of just killing a person, although it was very effective in doing that. The cross was a political statement. It was a political move, very strategic, to basically not just kill a person or kill a human, it was to kill a leader, it was to kill an idea, it was to kill a belief. And ultimately, it was so final, like a cross, nobody comes down off a cross. A cross was, you know, the witness of torment and the witness of death. And it was supposed to be finality, it was supposed to be that closure of this is it, it's finished. And Jesus, you know, he said it is finished on the cross. And that could be interpreted at the time, observing that as his life is finished. It's the end of everything he said. It's the end of the truth that we've been following these three years. But that's not what's happening at all. We know now and what we're celebrating today is that Jesus completed the work of the cross and that we have atonement for sin. We've been reconciled to God and that Jesus, when he rose again on that third day, didn't just complete what he promised. He completed the full working of God's heart for humanity, that we would be in relationship with him, that we would be able to recognize his voice when he calls us by name, that we would be able to gain his perspective, that we would be empowered to a new way to be human, that we'd be able to keep the greatest commandment to love God and love others because Jesus' resurrection power lives in me it lives in you it's available for us today so i think there's no greater time than now to really understand and have fresh revelation on who jesus is and what he's doing in our life and what he's doing in our world right now so i have something that i just wanted to read out to us as we wrap up and as we uh, finish in some prayer a couple years ago i was going through a pretty difficult situation it was actually around the time of easter and a very good friend of mine sent me this um, excerpt out of a blog that they were following at the time. And, and um, I don't remember the name of the person. They just sent me a little screenshot. And over the years, I've gone back to it and I've just found such um, peace and joy when I read it. And I just felt in the last couple of weeks, I've been looking at it and I was reminded of it this week and wanted to share it with you. I think it summarizes everything that we're talking about this morning that uh, Jesus is up to something beautiful in this time and he's a redeemer and he's the healer and he's the one who's defeated death. So I'm going to read this out to us and then I'm going to pray for us. So 
feel free to listen along as I go for this. All right, as you step back and survey the parts of your life that break your heart or don't make sense right now, may you dare to stand strong, look up and consider afresh what God's resurrection power can do in, through and around you. Only those who walked through the valley of the shadow will truly grasp the power of redemption on the other side. Jesus withholds no good thing from those who walk intimately with him. He's not the reason you suffer. He's with you in the storm. He's your shelter, deliverer, and strong tower. He's your redeemer, your savior, and your friend. He's your prince of peace and sure defender. Find your footing again, engage your faith, embrace a right perspective, God's perspective. Trust Jesus with your whole heart and see what love will do. So I wanna leave us with three things today. Firstly, resurrection power, resurrection Sunday. Remember what God has said, remember what God is like. If you need to go back to the word of God and read scripture verses, what are the things that God was speaking or highlighting to you in 2019? Because it's gonna be for this time. God has been preparing you for this time. Secondly, get God's perspective. Ask the Lord to lift your eyes from what's being observed and to enter into his rest by knowing that he's with you and he's got a plan for you to walk through this time well. And thirdly, last but not least, God is a God of intimacy. He's a God that calls people by name, just like he called Mary, just like Jesus called Zacchaeus, just like God is calling Israel, Jacob, Abraham, Sarah, God calls people by name. He's calling you by name. He's got something for you in this time. He's got what you need. And this is a promise. This is truth that can be trusted. We don't need God to prove anything to us. He already has done that through the resurrection. He's demonstrated his power. He's demonstrated his capacity. We know our God. Let's be people who know our God. And let's be people who reassure others that Jesus is with us and he's got a way through this and he's got hope and redemption on the other side. He's better than we think, amen? All right, let me pray for us. Lord, we just thank you so much for Easter. We thank you so much for resurrection power. We thank you for the finished work of the cross. We thank you for life and life to the full. Lord, I pray that you would uh, just reach into every heart right now, Lord God, and bring what we need. Lord, I pray that there would be celebration today as we pause and stop and Remember what you have done. Remind us what you have said, God. Remind us the things you are speaking about in our lives. Remind us what you are like. God, I pray that this would be a time of great faith. That this would be a time where we lift up our eyes and we walk in agreement with who you are, God. We give you permission, God. We yield our hearts to you and we invite you to lead us during this time. King Jesus, you are a great leader. King Jesus, you call us by name. King Jesus, we say yes to you and we want to do this time well so that we can receive what you have promised for this time. And we just thank you, Lord, for everything you're doing. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, everybody, and have a wonderful rest of your day and enjoy your long weekend.